Hello, and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Boniudo, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset brings you evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we grow and change. I want to thank you in advance for your continued support of The Therapist Mindset. If you would like to continue supporting this podcast, please give us a five-star review, a follow, and a share. I thank you so very much. Thank you for all your support. Now let's get started. We have a special guest today. All right, so I am here with none other than Chris Lacko. He is a three-time IFA world champion arm wrestler the owner of Sober High Movement, and clean and sober since July 9th, 2018. (laughs) I am so honored that the universe aligned me to sit down tonight and talk all things recovery with Chris Lacko. And hi, Chris. Hi, good to see you. (laughs) Thanks for coming on The Therapist Mindset. Normally, I would start a podcast with my angel oracle cards or manifesting cards to get an intention, but I was pretty set on what the intention is tonight, Mm -hmm. and that is service to others. And I think we're on the same page because you mentioned it briefly, and I stopped you because I was like, well, we have to wait until we start (laughs) recording because I am picking up what you're putting down. And, you know, service to others. You know, we're perfectly positioned to help people, to help the people we once were. So, like, as we grow and as healed versions of ourselves, mm-hmm. we're perfectly positioned to help that person who's the person who we used to be, right? Yeah, when I first surrendered to recovery, I mean, I saw people hanging out at meetings and I saw people in recovery going to movies and diners. I wanted to be a part of that group so bad. What I see now is I actually was a part of that group just by showing up. And right. people reached out to me when I was new. Hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And I thought that was so awesome. I didn't think I could have any fun in recovery. So, <laughs> yeah, recovery is boring, right? That's not what fun. I thought. I'm going to stop drinking. How am I ever going to go to a wedding and not do blow? How am I going to go to a funeral and not drink in the parking lot? Like, none of this made any sense to me. Right. Because I didn't know about just for today, you know. So that's, that helped things. Yeah. So my hope and my intention is that through us teaming up, we can provide a service to others. If even just one person hears this and reaches out or yep. inquires <laughs> or, you know, Googles something that we said, then, yep. you know, my heart is full. So thank you for helping me with, you know, to follow through with my mission to serve others. Awesome. So, Chris, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I don't even know where to begin. But let's begin with recovery because that's really what what caught my attention with you and you're motivational and you're inspiring. And I know you guys listening can't see this, but Chris keeps – this photograph of himself on the dresser from, you know, July 9th, 2018. And just tell us more about that and what, you know, what your goal or purpose in doing that is. Well, I think that was the best $50 I ever spent in my life. To take the photo? Having someone take that photo Mm -hmm. because 
every morning for the last 1,756 days, <laughs> I wake up and I see that picture. And that's my first thought when I see it is, not today. I'm not picking up today. You know, because I think it's important to remember where we were. And we don't have to dwell on it, but to remember it. Because my urges now and this part of my journey have lifted. But there's, always, there's still tough days in life. When you say urges, is that like the same thing as cravings or obsessing right. about it? Okay. Yeah, those are gone now. Because if I see someone messed up right now, I think about the next day. If they wake up, how are they going to feel? Right. Because now, I was at a party for work. Um, last July, so it was right before my four-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, he didn't mean anything bad by it. He goes, Chris, you got four years sober. You can have a drink or two. And I was like, all right, listen. There were three 30-packs of beer behind him. I said, we got a couple hours. I want you to drink all 90 of those beers right there. Mm-hmm. I want to see if you can match my buds in recovery. And he looked at me like, weird. I'm like, no, seriously. I'll even drive you to the ER. We'll get you pumped. Drink all 90 beers right now. I want to see if you can match the butter that we have in recovery. Because it's impossible. We earned it. It's free. And we're going to feel like a million bucks the next day. Yeah, and I think that's really, I mean, you might have a different perspective. But from the therapy perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, people talk about, I'm never going to be able to have fun again. And I think you mentioned this. And, you know, this is you know, what I call the four-letter F word that people actually don't want to talk about, and that's fear. Like, fear fear of never being able to have fun again or fear of not having a good time or fear of never being able to be social or talk to somebody. That's exactly right. If I think about never drinking again, it could be overwhelming for anybody. Tonight, I'm not going to drink and use. Tomorrow, that's another decision we have to make. And it's funny because when I went in recovery, I, I, I just wanted to get off drugs and alcohol. I had no idea I was about to find a whole new way to live. I replaced it with something else. Right. So my obsession to pick up was re- replaced with my obsession for arm wrestling and my clothing brand and all these other accolades I try to get in my life. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about both of those things because mm-hmm. I'm really excited to hear about... Um, arm wrestling and world championships and you're a three-time IFA world champion and I want to hear all about that and I want to talk about replacement behaviors because Hmm. that's really key. Um, But first, would you mind filling us in a little bit on how, you know, when you spend, I don't know for you, but for many people, they spend really the majority of their lives living one way. Mm-hmm. And then how, how do you start? Like, how do you take that first step to just looking at today or that first step of I'm not going to drink or pick up or gamble today, whatever it might be? Well, I think about the craziest day of my life was just a couple of days before I went to rehab. I had enough, like... My family basically wanted nothing to do with me. They were just so sick of my stuff. My girlfriend left me. I had no money, no food. My truck was falling apart. So um, that night, I drove to the Route 84 bridge on the Newtown South Bay line. Mm-hmm. Um, I stood on the side of the bridge, and I tied a cinder block to each ankle. Wow. And I look back on it now, I really didn't want to die, but I was done living. 
I mean, I burned every bridge in my life at that point. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, I ended up getting pulled off the bridge. And that was a turning point for me. A switch went off. Like, we're still here. Everything we've done to our bodies. How many friends and loved ones have we lost? And we're still here. Mm-hmm. We're all worth another chance. All Absolutely. of us. Absolutely. That's a really powerful story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have an interrupted suicide attempt, right? Interrupted in that somebody came. But to come to the point where on one hand, you don't want to die. But on the other hand, people get so sick of their own shit. And oh, yeah. I've, you know, I... I also have been sick of my own shit in relationships that just weren't healthy. And, you know, you get sick of your own shit, but you don't know if there's another way right. to live. And right. you know that there might be, but you don't know how to get there either. And you probably, or at least I, for example, didn't trust my judgment that I was capable of learning a different way to live. Change is scary sometimes. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people, I'm not alone when I say I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize who I was looking at anymore. Like, who, what became of this dude? Like, who, who am I looking at right now? Because... Yeah, I wish you guys could see this picture um, because it doesn't... <laughs> minus the tattoos, it doesn't look... there. It's like two different people. <laughs> minus the tattoos and now the the... Champ, the arms of a champion. Hmm. It's two different people. I know. I feel it, and I, I. It's very important that we remember where we came from. Where we came from, because you know, there's no cure for this disease, and I kind of like that because we have to hold ourselves accountable on a daily basis. If I have like, if I have a problem, a car breaks down or something. If I pick up, then tomorrow I'm gonna have two problems. Yes, and right. I don't want to deal with that. Right. I'd rather just deal with what comes our way one at a time. And then when we wake up tomorrow, we got another shot to do it again. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, you didn't recognize yourself, it's not only the physical aspect of it. Like people, you know, me, for example, I didn't recognize the character I had become. Mm. So people behave in ways that they're not proud of. And, um, you know, you don't recognize yourself physically in your body deteriorating or being abused. Yeah. But also, I think people don't recognize their character if they even knew, you know, who they were. Friends and family members were replaced with dealers and other people who used and drank. Mm-hmm. I, if you didn't use and drink, what am I going to do with you? Right. That was my mindset. Mm-hmm. And every person that was in my life, my, uh, my objective was to see what I can get out of them. Whether it's money, drugs, or booze. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, my goal was dictated on that. And that's, and that's I think, survival mode, right? Because it comes to a certain point where in order to feel safe and survive, those were the things that you needed, like food, clothing, and shelter. Only yeah. it was, it's booze, you know, drugs, and alcohol, you know, alcohol or whatever it might be. So any means to get that is survival any means and we yeah. i think i feel like it's not just drugs and alcohol with me but any kind of addiction it could be gambling or food mm-hmm. food is it's food a is a big now. addiction and i think what people. we do is we have this protective bubble around us mm-hmm. don't go near me i'm fine leave me the fuck alone and that's what we do we just block everybody off we point fingers we put up fences 
But I think the coolest thing about surrendering is we get to drop all the fences and the fingers and be like, all right, I'm the problem here. What can I do about this? Right. So let, let's talk about that and taking responsibility and surrendering mm. because, you know, you mentioned, you know, being alienated by your family, like they, they were done with you. And I think that's common. We burn bridges as, mm-hmm. as we refuse to take accountability for our actions and change. Right. People burn bridges and then you're surrounded by like-minded people, right? People right. who are also using and feeding into that delusion of it's not a big deal or people just don't understand or it's not that bad. And so when you come to a place where you get sick of your own shit and you want to change um, and all your bridges are burnt, how, you know, it's very isolating and scary for yeah. for for people, understandably so. So coming to a place where we have to put our ego aside, be humble and, you know, surrender to, you know, I have to take some accountability or I have to be responsible for making, making changes or making amends or asking for help. You know, that's a difficult shift for most of us to make. I felt... I feel that, you know, those words all describe, I think, a lot of us at one point. I thought I dug the hole too deep. There's no way I'm getting out of this fucking mess. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember my own cousin ended up getting sober, like, a couple months before me. And I think I offended him on Facebook for a little while. Like, I don't want to see that. What am I going to talk to him about now? Right. That's a a good example that, you know, even somebody in early recovery you now feel like there's there's no connection. Or... There's nothing to talk about. Right. And, and I, I just thought that was for other people. Getting clean is over for other people because I, I thought I'm the only one going through this. Nobody else knows. When I was sitting in the community parking lot with a drink and a drug in my hand, crying. Like, I spent a lot of money to sit in a parking lot and feel alone and cry. Mm-hmm. And I haven't spent a penny... And four years, nine months, and 27 days, and I'm on top of you the feel girl. world. <laughs> yeah. Nobody could have told me that at the time. I wasn't ready yet. Correct. Yeah, and being ready is, is a really important piece mm-hmm. to the puzzle because the most knowledgeable and educated people, the people with the most experience, could tell you everything you need to know and give you a roadmap of how to get there. But we won't be able to read that if we're not if ready. If we're not ready. That's so... I wasn't ready for a lot of years. My sponsor now saw me for 18 years struggling. And he'd be like, Chris, how are you? He'd look at me right in the eyes. I couldn't look nobody in the eyes. Mm. And he would just put his hand on my shoulder and say, Chris, when you're ready, mm-hmm. when you're ready, come talk to me. He never judged me or pointed fingers. He knew I was struggling, but I wasn't ready yet for all those years. So now I can't get upset when a newcomer comes in. All we can do, like you said before, you nailed it. We can help someone. We can't save them. Right. We can save ourselves when we're ready to surrender. But I, I drive hundreds of miles a week with newcomers, going to meetings and stuff like that, and doing, you know, speaking at high schools and rehabs. And I love it. Because every once in a while, even if just one person there comes up to you and said, I'm ready. Like, right. that's awesome. I, I agree. I mean, even if it's... Just one person 10 years from now that thinks back on what you said. Right. Because people, you know, I, 
and this is a fun fact about me you might not know, but my my work is really in forensic. So I spent like 13 years inside the prison system. And people would always say like, Jamie, why are you working with those guys? Like I ran sex offender programs. They're like, they don't get better. Why are you working with them? And I'm like, if, if I can just like, if one person one time chooses not to reoffend or chooses, you know, not to pick up because of something they learned mm -hmm. in working with me or from their other group members in the group, then that's worth it to me. Worth it. Yeah. It can be worth it. I get so frustrated because a lot of the people that come into the meeting and don't stick with it, that was me. Yeah. That was right. me for Before a you were ready. Years. Right. And when I was ready, those people were right back there with their arms open. All right, Chris, let's try it again. Yeah, with no judgment. No Just, judgment. Yeah. And I didn't see any. I'm a lip reader. I rely on. That's how I communicate. Right. With authenticity and sincerity and people in someone's face, I know if someone's lying full of stuff. So anyway, but I could see the people genuinely cared. And that's why I do it the same way back now. To give back is the best high I've ever had in my life. To see someone actually succeed in the program and stay in touch with me, that is the best. I don't care about all the nice material stuff I have now anymore. Mm -hmm. Those don't, that's just icing on the cake. Right. But to someone to say, Chris, you know, thanks for your help or whatever, that is the best. There's no <laughs> amount of money that can cover that. It's priceless. It's priceless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think that's what, so surrendering, dropping, you know, learning how to let go or put the ego aside so that you could allow yourself when ready to feel help is, is important. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the things about resistance or what I think is a barrier, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe you could help kind of uh, talk this out with me. Hmm. But a lot of times I find that people, people have a block when it comes to changing people, places, and things. They oh, say, yeah. oh, I can stop drinking or I can stop using, but I don't need to stop going to this place or seeing this person. It's so person. true. It's so true. Every other time, like, I went to jail a couple of times. Nothing long term, just stupid stuff. And every time I left rehab or jail or something, I would always be, like, pushing away. I don't know if I should go there. I don't know if I should hang out with them. But when you surrender, you get a chance to climb. I want to climb. I want something else now. I'm not pushing away everybody. I'm going this way now. If you want to come with me, hop along. If not, I love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance until I'm ready. I'm cutting right. the cord. Yeah, and when people tell you that they don't think that's necessary for them, wh what do you think is, is driving that? Is that, because they, they might be ready. I want to feel like they're ready, but what yeah. is the disconnect in that they don't, people don't really understand that you can be ready and you can be climbing and yeah. learning a new way, but it's these people are not going to support that change. It's super interesting if you think about it because over the course of my 18 years of, of just living hell, I surrendered verbally three or four hundred times. I put my hands up and say, oh, I surrender. Uh -huh. But I wasn't willing to take certain steps. That, thank you. So Total you surrender it. is I would do anything <laughs> these people tell me to do. Anything. I have to take suggestions. That, that is, that is perfect. And you just, you know, a light bulb just went off for me because 
my question, and I'm so glad I asked it because I was trying to figure out what the disconnect is, but you nailed it. The disconnect is that their words, I surrender, don't match the actions and what you have to do about it. And then, you know, it's, so I'm trying not to be, you know, so judgy in that you say you surrender, but yet you're still doing this. But be, but I have to also recognize and kind of give people praise or kudos where yeah. it's due because the cognitive piece is the first piece. We think about it first. So saying it first is is always easier than be, making behavior oh, oh, change. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think going forward, like that's an important point for people to know, like you might say it first and not make a behavior change. Mm. And, you know, but the, the recognition, the saying it, the cognitive piece is the first step and the behavior piece is harder. So that might take a little while. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And that's the best part about it. It, it takes, it takes time. It's one, one day at a time. That's all it is. We don't have to overthink. And my sponsor Reminds me, probably on a weekly basis, he goes, Chris, we are right where we need to be, and we're doing much better than we think we are. I love that. Because we're so hard on ourselves sometimes. Oh, we are. We're our own, like, worst or harshest judge and jury, I say. I am. I definitely am. Most people walk around thinking that everyone is judging them, but the fact is, like, nobody is judging you as harshly as you're judging yourself. Yeah. Most people, like, aren't even noticing because they're so self-absorbed that they don't even really pay attention to what you're doing. But people live their lives kind of in fear that they're being judged by people. Um. And really, it's us judging ourselves. I think a lot of it is. I think um, I got to a point in my recovery right now where absolutely nobody can afford the real estate in my head anymore. I try to rent that way too freaking high. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean that in a beautiful way. It's not like I'm shutting people out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's invited to come talk to me. But I think it, it's very powerful that, and we, everybody heard this a million times, that other people's opinion of us is none of our business. Right. And that takes a lot of weight off. Yes. Really? Because actually, I'm going to be me. Yes. And that is it. I don't care where we are or who we're hanging out with. We get to be ourselves. And that is the most highest power you can get. I can't tell you how many times I've said that, that other people's opinions of me or what other people say or say about me is none of my business. Mm. And people have not heard that. And... Yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking of a specific time when I was at work and some of my colleagues had, you know, were saying, oh, Jamie, did so-and-so said this about you? And I said, I really don't need to, you know, hear any of it because if it wasn't said to me, it, it's really none of my business. Exactly. That's, you know, their their issue and you guys can keep it over here. You don't even need to tell me about it. There's so much power when someone said... Hey, Chris, did you hear what Brian said about you? And I'd be like, I caught him off and be like, I wish Brian the best. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I feel right. bad for him that he has to do this and I wish him the best. Who wins? Who wins? You do. Hell yeah. Yeah. Because no, I don't allow it. Right. We don't allow it. No matter what happens in my life, I insist on living in a beautiful state. I insist. No matter what. And don't get me wrong, I have tough days. Absolutely. I have days where I just, I'm so hard on myself. But those are important. Because if every day was good, we wouldn't know what a great day is. Correct. Right. We gotta have a couple of crappy days thrown in the mix. We don't want them, but we probably need them. 
Right. And I mean, you're, you're uh, a guy who works out. So if you don't like have a day where you're breaking down your muscle, it's not going to grow. Right. Right. So, you know, not to beat yourself up all the time, but we got to put some work into it to have it, have our, have our brains grow, have our muscles grow, you know, learn new habits. That's my favorite word right now. What, what word is that? Growth. Growth. Yes. There's yes. no limit to it. No matter over 100, over 12, there's so much growth out there if we want it that bad. It never stops. Never. <laughs> never stops. Never. My favorite word right now is surrender. I actually looked it up in the dictionary. And surrender means to cease resistance to an enemy or opponent. So if you're, oh, wow. you know, a lot of people think Ooh. of like the drug or the alcohol or the gambling or the sex as the opponent, but really I tell people to think of, you know, yourself as the opponent. So when we're surrendering, hey, we're wow. ceasing resistance to the enemy, which is really ourself, right? I, I'm going to have to agree with that. That's actually <laughs> really, that's, I like how I blew his it. mind, I think. Yeah. So... And nor like that's you just blew my mind with the um, people, places, and things. So now it's my turn. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now I, you know, because really it's about that inward growth journey. I think and happiness. What is right? What What is is it? (laughs) What is happiness? Happiness does it mean you're content? Does it mean because you know there's some people in this world that are so poor. Oh, they have his money. Yes. Can you imagine living in a hell like that with a brand new mansion and a brand new BMW and you're miserable? A I lot, yeah. I never want to live in that hell. I know. A lot of people, I think, who seem well off or have everything, like Robin Williams yeah. or, you know, other... Philip Cobain. Right. Um, say his name again. I always... It doesn't roll off my tongue well. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right, right. Yes. You know what? And I think that void was still in their heart, no matter how much material things they had. Correct. And uh, that's the most important thing. Like, I have cool things right now, but I just don't need them. I don't need, I feel like I'm the richest dude in the state of Connecticut. Like, I don't have a whole lot of money, but I have things that you can't buy. And that's, we, we do that. I, I can't do this alone. I need you. Me, I get drunk. But we stay sober. <laughs> right. You know, I need you guys to be able to keep doing this. So how did you, you know, so you decided to surrender, Mm -hmm. you asked for help, they embraced you. Is it, I mean, this is like a new family now, right? Oh God, it's the best. You know what, my, my, they talk about spiritual awakening and stuff and I wasn't spiritual before I found recovery, but I remember my first day of detox, I woke up on my own vomit, feces and urine, and there were two little ladies that worked at the detox I was at. And they dragged me out of bed, and they dragged me across the floor to take a shower. That was it. I thought to myself, I've been spending $1,000 plus a week for 18 years to look and feel like that? I haven't spent a penny in over four years, nine months, and I'm freaking on top of the world. That was, that flipped the switch for me. And I think for me, and everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. For me, at that moment, I drew the line in the sand. I said, I refuse to live like this anymore. And just been on a freaking tear with recovery because I want this life. I'm tired of pawning furniture I still owe money on. Right. I'm tired of pawning my AC unit in the middle of summer to get an hour's fixed. Been there, done that. Don't want it no more. 
So let's, this is a good, I think, opportunity for us to go into talking about replacement behaviors and your clothing brand and arm wrestling. Hmm. Because when you spend 18 years of your life, like you said, and you're dedicated to that addiction and all of your time, effort, energy goes into feeding that addiction, Hmm. there is we have to replace it with something else. And I tell people, not only with addiction, but if you spend most of your time talking to yourself negatively, you know, once you start to cut back on that, or if you spend all of your time binge eating, gambling, you know, shopping, if you spend all of your time serial dating, Mm. then once you... You know, if you want to take away a behavior, you have to replace it with something else. I agree. I mean, in my case, coming off drug and alcohol, when you quit, the dopamine levels drop in your brain. So by working out, exercising, you burn off endorphins, and the, go, the levels go back up. Right. You get a natural high. It's free. It's free. Yeah. It's I tell free. people that all the time. Exercise is one of the best dopamine pushes that you can get that's natural and free because science and research actually has proven that, you know, uh, gambling, sex, roller coaster rides, uh, shopping, um, all of that elicits the same dopamine and endorphin surge as cocaine and heroin. I believe it. Yeah, it's the same. Like when they do those cat scans and pet scans, it's the same uh, areas of the brain that light up. In your, in your so powerful. frontal lobe. So it's like even the anticipation. So when people who were um, addicted to porn, you know, when they're anticipating getting able to go home and get on the computer, the brain starts lighting up. Wow. It's the yeah. same anticipation and dopamine surge as when you're driving to the drug dealer. So just breaking the cycle yes. is easier by replacing it with something else. Me, like when I get... The idea in my mind that I'm going to pick up, nothing's going to stop me. Nothing will stop me from getting my fix. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. And we just transfer that to, I'm going to go, to, I'm going to make it to France. I'm going to go to the train of the world. I'm going to, I want to pull out the world, but I have to get through Dallas, the national championship first. And then I have to win a regional first. There's, and there's so many things, steps to take, but I'm so obsessed with them. I don't have time to think about that other shit anymore. You know? And I, right. And, and I'm not... Better than anybody, anything. And, and like I told you before we started this, I feel like I suck at everything I do. <laughs> I just keep doing it until I don't suck anymore. That's it. There's no secret to it, yeah. you know? So now you're addicted to working on your craft until you don't suck anymore. I love it. But you know what? I love it because I, 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 I live waves with people stronger than me. I own also with people faster and better than me. I work, I hang out with people who have more successful businesses than I do. Because I want what they got, so I'm going to do what they do. And most importantly, I, go to, I still go to meetings mm-hmm. at least four days a week. Okay. And I hang out with the newcomers too, but I love hanging out with the people that have a lot of clean time. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious because their, their um, vocabulary, their delivery of their words, someone who has five years clean, 10, 20, and then 30 plus, is what I want. That's what I want now. And I, I found a guy who was 41 years clean the other wow. night when I spoke upstate. And I go, wow, that's amazing. God bless you. And he looked at me and said, I'm just doing what they tell me. This dude has not picked up a drug since the freaking Carter administration. <laughs> and all he had to say was, I'm just doing what they tell me. How awesome is that? The dude's so humble. That's great. I mean, I think 
the idea of hanging out with people who are doing better than you is important. Mm. So when you said, you know, you train with people who are stronger than you yeah. and you want to um, surround yourself in your business with people who have more successful businesses than you, that goes all the way back to, um, I don't know if you ever read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. No. He wrote it in, I want to say the 40s, but I could be wrong about that. It's a really old book. I, I've read it several times, but... Um, he he was an entrepreneur, and I think he might have actually worked in the car industry, but I could be wrong about that. But he said two things that are still relevant today mm-hmm. and to this conversation in that if you always hang out or surround yourself with people who are doing less than you, you're never going to grow or learn anything. Never. never. And if you mm-hmm. want to do something there's already somebody else doing it. So go hang out with them and see how it's done. Yeah. And then third, he talked about in, in think or grow rich. He talks about, um, that dopamine as a motivator to get you excited. So if you're excited about doing something like you're excited about competing in France, Mm. So that elicits a dopamine response and motivates you to keep going to the gym and training for the Dallas competition so you can win that and go to France. Yeah. And along with training with people and hanging out with people doing better than me, I still cut it in half. I spend the other half of my time with newcomers (coughs) who want to see what we're doing. Right. So it's not like I'm better than the newcomers. I'm the same level as them. Mm -hmm. Everybody's at the same level. So some people just want it more. I want them to see what we have. Right. So it's important. not a judgmental thing. Like no. I, you're over here and I can't, I can't hang out with you anymore. It's a, I want to learn from people who are doing what I want to be doing, who have achieved the, what I already, yeah. I want to achieve. Yeah. And I still want to spend time with you so you can learn from me. Right. Yes. And Boom. I can be of service. And around and around we go. And every once in a while I'll find somebody. My, I have one sponsee in the program, right? This dude surpassed everything imaginable I could ever... When he came to me, he was just like I would. He was overweight, pale white, sweating, shaking. Now he's down 94 pounds. He lifts weights. Oh. He got a career at the post office, bought a house, got married, had a child. It's just crazy to be on the it, outside yeah. looking in. And it's just one day at a time. One trip off that clean slate at a time. And it's overwhelming in the beginning, like... I owe a lot of money, but here's a hundred bucks. I'll see you next month. That's all I can do. That's Mm -hmm. all we can do. The stress thing's not going to pay anything off. Correct. (laughs) You know, and, and I spent so many years trying to convince everybody, you got to believe me. I'm sober this time. I'm clean. But when we surrender, we don't have to tell nobody nothing. Right. We get to show them. And most importantly, show ourselves that we're worth this chance. Right. Yeah. It never ceases to blow my mind how when people make a decision and then take positive action to- towards that decision, mm-hmm. even if they're baby steps, even if it's, I tell people if one day at a time is too overwhelming, take one hour at a time, right. one minute, you know, one minute at a time. Yep. But when people make a decision and then take that positive action towards the direction of that decision, how quickly things start coming in for them and changes are made. It, it is. And you know what? And Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. 
That is correct. I love that. And you know what? I, when I started arm wrestling, I already knew I wanted to be a world champion. I just became so obsessed with it. But I got my ass kicked for the first two years. Just That's a long drive from Oxford <laughs> to Portland, Connecticut every Saturday <laughs> to have everybody kick my ass. And they still do. You know what I mean? Like, but they build warriors, and I just wanted that. I had to be, become obsessed with something new in so, a healthy way. Yes, right. So you replaced an unhealthy behavior with a healthy obsession and a healthy behavior that I imagine because it's a lot of hard work to train and be a champion that that does take up a good amount of your time, right? It does. And I have other things too. I take acting classes and I've been doing that for three years and now I have a cochlear implant and being deaf... I started the class. I didn't know what was going on because they started a face mask. Oh, my god! So I couldn't read wow. lips. Yeah. I had to read the eyebrows, and oh I gosh. had to read cheeks movements. Oh, wow. So I, when they stopped moving, I knew it was my time to say my line. So now with the cochlear implant and the face mask on, I got three years lined up, and I'm like, I'm ready to audition now. Like, I have no, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but I want it, and I'm right. going to stop at nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. If we want it that bad, we would stop at nothing. Eventually, something's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so many things have happened for you already um, because you're not only motivated, but your energy is just so beautiful. <laughs> <It's> so great. <laughs> I love it. So tell us more about sober, the Sober High movement. All right. When I was in rehab, I wanted to start a goal. So I came up with the name Sober High. And I just started drawing it on t-shirts and logos and stuff. And I don't know anything about starting an LLC, a business checking account, tax numbers, freaking websites. I I had no idea, but I had to stick to something. Because my way otherwise doesn't work. Right. So anyway, I I learned and I reached out to people to help with the website. And uh, I sold to a few different countries now. Oh, wow. And um, So it's hats, it's clothing. I see a hat in front of me. Yeah. That's great. Shirts, Shirt. hoodies, bracelets. And there's so many other things I want to bring to the table. And I want Sober High everywhere. I want Hot Topic, Zoominez, Pakistan. <laughs> I want every store everywhere. And I will stop at nothing until I get there. And I've had so many speed bumps on the way. And... Wow, do you know how much money I made with Sober High so far? Like, negative $2,400. <laughs> so it's not about the money, right? It's not it's, about the money. Right. And it's people <laughs> say they work really hard for, like, um, instant fame, right? That you work so hard, and then all of a sudden, you with a blink of an eye, your stuff is everywhere. Yeah. It's that you don't give up. Never. Right. No matter what. Everybody is worth another chance, and I swear... And I, I can't repeat this enough. I, I really have no, no idea what's going on. And I'm just learning as I go. That's it. And well, now with Sober High, I, I have to switch stores. I have to get a, a print-on-demand company now. Okay. Because my local orders are selling so fast. I have oh, wow. no idea what to do. So I'm having outside dis- distributors come into the picture now. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so I'm going to get other... I want tote bags for gold. Yeah. I want some tank tops and mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm just going to... I have new designs like... Uh, we are worth another chance at the logo on the back of everything. Okay. And I patent that trademark. That's you know, great. So I love that. We are worth another chance. We are. And it's so awesome because if I'm at a, and when you wear a sober high, if you're at a bank, uh, 
anywhere, supermarket, restaurant, somebody is going to come up and say, hey, you know, my sister's in recovery, or hey, I'm, I'm struggling, I need a way out. It happens so often, and that's why I do it. You know, it's well, obviously not it's much money. more than just a clothing brand. It Way elicits more. a conversation a about recovery, right? So a movement. movement. And it is awesome because it's kind of like a blanket of protection. Like if I put this shirt on, I don't want to pick up. I want to rip this. This is my life now. That's important. And I'm glad that you said that because I, I wasn't thinking about this earlier. But when you put that shirt on, you don't want to pick up because... Your values are aligning with your actions. And we're so, not alone. Yeah. We're not alone now, You're too. not alone. Right. It's a movement. You're it's not mo- alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang. I love it. I love it. That's great. So where could people find more about the Sober High movement? Like, well, where can they look online or contact you for information about purchases? That is an awesome question. Right now, we have SoberHigh.org. There's no E in sober. S-O-B-R. Okay. H-I-G-H. SoberHigh.org. At the moment, I'm switching stores because uh, we had a little trouble with the wrong orders with the last one. So we're going to start fresh at a new place. So uh, SoberHigh.org, if you go on there in the next two weeks, it'll be up and running again. And we're going to have, I have some new designs I'm putting out there. And I'm super, super stoked. Because just by wearing this, you're letting someone else know that they're not alone. Right. I'm going to put that in the show notes so people who listen to this podcast can look at the show page to find SoberHigh.org, exactly how it's spelled, mm-hmm. so, that, um, so that people can go online and, and check it out and join the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. I love that. And... My other thing that I wanted to ask you is about non-negotiables. So I know, you know, for me, I have in the lifestyle that I want, in the person I want to be and the person I want to become, certain non-negotiables that I do like on a daily basis. So like meditation um, or exercise and I might not exercise every day but I would you know exercise or do a yoga class Mm -hmm. on a daily basis meditation even if it's only for five minutes because on different days you know we have different time restraints Mm -hmm. but what are some of the things in the sober high movement or in your life Chris that are like a non-negotiable for you you Mm -hmm. need to on a daily basis have this in your life? My non-negotiable is that I'm absolutely not picking up tonight. No matter what. If my car blows up, a girl leaves me, my job fires me, but if I don't pick up, that's a good day. That's a good day, because tomorrow we wake up and get to do it again. But on a daily basis, too, I like to train every day. I like to train every day because I, I hold myself accountable. Every day I wake up, the first thing I do every day is make my bed. Me too. And it may not be a big deal to some people. <laughs> no. But if I have a bad day and I come home and my bed made, okay, we got a, a new start tomorrow. Yes. I like that. I feel really organized. I feel so disorganized when the bed isn't made. Yeah. And, you know, it, not everybody understands that because people might say, what's the big deal? I didn't have time to make the bed. But I make time to make the bed because I know that when I get home from a long day at work, yeah. then 
if the bed is made, then I feel a little more peaceful in my yeah. space. <laughs> I'm like, if everything else in life shit the bed that day, but you have control over that. Yes. Like me, and like when I'm in the gym, I put my phone on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. That hour is my hour. And I, I'm wrestling sometimes it's three, three and a half hours every Saturday. The trainings? To training, and it's brutal. And the place I train at, I love everybody there. My coaches, but if you're looking for like a pat on the back and a, and a good job, do not go <laughs> to the dungeon where I train. I mean, these guys create warriors. Mm-hmm. They want to see who's going to run away and quit. Right. And I did that for years on the streets. I right. ran in the hips. I swept all my emotions under a carpet of booze and drugs. But now I like this new life. So training is very important to me. Um, I feel like if I don't train, I feel like I'm missing something, you know? Right. That's just with me. Meetings, consistent meetings. I try yeah, to you mentioned still going at least four oh, times yeah. a week. At least. So that's a foundation, right? Absolutely. Because and I look, for, it's not an obligation to go to a meeting for me. I love it. And it's because of that, I've met some awesome people and I get to share my story. I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be sharing in a couple of weeks in New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yep. At a, at a, a mental health substance abuse charity event. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And then June 16th, I'll be speaking in Bristol. Oh, wow. Uh, the whole event, it's just so cool. All the proceeds go to local sober houses for toiletries and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I can't wait for that. We're going to have a slide in the back. So everybody will be, I'll be able to share with everybody my pictures of me growing up. I have some gnarly pictures of me in active addiction. <laughs> just a mess. And then where we are today, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, it is important, like you said, to look back, not to dwell on it and beat yourself up, mm. but... Even if you're not in the best place today, you can find something from your history that you're that you know you've improved on. A, a bad day today is something I would pray to have five years ago. Right. I would pray because now the the urges to lift me and the shackles are off. And like I have I have days where nothing seems to go right. But uh, well, you talked about meditation, and I read something. That Tony Robbins said. Mm-hmm. I love he Tony said, Robbins. In the morning, men stand up on a back porch or something and do the rocky position with your arms spread and your legs spread. Okay. You look your head up and you breathe in and out slowly for 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Your testosterone goes up 10%. Women stand in the Wonder Woman pose with their hands on their hips, with their head up, and exert that confidence uh-huh. and breathe for 20 seconds. 12% testosterone increase in women. Interesting. So you're literally taking your life back right. every morning when you do that. And literally. you know what? Those days I may have, I may have skipped that. Mm-hmm. You know, but every day I do it, I'm like, how come I don't do this every day? It's just amazing. Right. And it's scientifically backed by Harvard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's so much science behind mm. breath work, meditation, and what Tony Robbins is talking about there is even though it's only 20 seconds, it's 20 seconds of connecting your breath to your attention. Absolutely. Yeah, and that has a biochemical response. Like Tony Robbins said, testosterone, perhaps. Um, And that's really interesting with the movements because what yoga is, is connecting the breath with, it's a union of breath and movement that leads us into meditation. So the ancients have been doing this for like, I, centuries yeah. and you know i'm just feel so blessed that in this lifetime i caught on especially with all the social media and phones i catch myself doing some things where i'm staring at my phone but like, wait, wait what am i doing like 
I would love to have 10 minutes before I go to bed on my back porch overlooking the, the mountains and lake door and just breathe. Right. Just I mean, breathe. look what people did in the 1800s, the 1700s. There wasn't any of this crap out there. Right. Now they have so much stuff on social media. Some of it's informative, but most of it we don't really need. Right. You know? I mean, I don't know that we need any of it, but some of yeah. it is informative. Some of it's entertaining. I like but, to keep, right. keep up with my family on Facebook and yes. stuff. Otherwise, I, I catch myself. What am I doing with this? Right. Like, I don't argue with people online anymore. I know. If that... somebody, <laughs> I had one hateful comment, one hateful comment on TikTok. And the guy was like, oh, you're in recovery. Do you want a free brownie now or something, right? So what I did was, first, I wrote a four-page, a, a four-paragraph sentence. Like, I looked up your profile. All this, but before I hit send, I erased it. And I put, thank you for the comment. Yeah. Thank you. You cannot afford to get in the tent anymore. It's impossible. Right. Who do you think won that? I went to bed sleeping, and he looked. He probably looked at his phone and went, oh, this not worth my freaking time. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. Over. Absolutely. Over. I know. We, it's, it's amazing when we make that change. And I'm not saying I'm successful or no. graceful every time. No, I'm I not believe, either. I'm not either. You know, I could be very reactive, but yeah. I always feel better about myself when I just simply say thank you or nothing at all. Yeah. Because that, that's who I want to be. Thanks for the comment. Right. And, that, and I have friends that do that, and I'm like enamored with the power when they do that. Like, that's power. Absolutely. Nobody Absolutely. All right. So I want to be respectful of your time. Um, we talked about a lot of recovery stuff, and I think, you know, Perhaps I'm feeling like in the future we can do a part two. I'm sure that there's yes. a lot going on with you. You have a lot of beautiful stuff going on. You have the so- sober high movement. You're speaking. You're giving back. You're a three-time world champion arm wrestler. Mm-hmm. And is that every year? Like, is there competitions every yeah, year? Yeah, well, I didn't. I went to Disney World this year, so I wasn't able to make the nationals. I, I knew it. And then the Wolves were in Malaysia this year. That's oh, wow. a 19 hour flight. It is. So um, I think what it is now is I love the IFA. I love Denise and Leonard, the guys who run it. I love everybody who competes in it. But I just, I'm so happy with, with where we went with that so far that I want to focus more on sober high and acting. Right. You know, I take so my you have sober courses. high, you have acting, and I feel like things are just moving for you really fast. So. We're going to have to catch up again. Yeah, so, I would love to. That's going to make me happy. <laughs> Just to remind people, you can contact Chris at the soberhighmovement.org. Am uh, I soberhigh.org. Yeah, soberhigh.org. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to have Chris write it down so I can put it in the show notes and not mess it up. So I'm also <laughs> on, on Facebook. It's Chris Lacko, L-A-C-K-O. I will write that in the in the show notes also so mm-hmm. people can follow Chris Lacko on Thank Facebook, you. find out what he's doing, support the Sober High movement, mm-hmm. and if that's something that resonates with you, I am sure they will welcome you with open arms. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You are the best. So thank you, and I just want to thank you all for listening. And again, if you want to continue to support The Therapist Mindset, please give us a follow, a five-star review, and share. May you be well, and my heart is so full. Thank you for being with us. Namaste.